The following was originally broadcast on Northumberland 89.7 FM. For more podcasts and learn more about us, go to northumberland897.ca. And thank you for downloading this podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of Reality Realty are not necessarily the views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. Have you ever run into these questions? At the movie theater, which armrest is yours? Another question, why don't we use A-size and B-size batteries? And the third question, is it still illegal to park next to a fire hydrant if your car is on fire? Well, these aren't necessarily the questions that realtors and mortgage brokers are commonly asked. And as interesting as these questions are, we'll be completing our third week series on the most commonly asked questions in the real estate and mortgage financing industry. And you are listening to Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM. And I'm Dale Bryant, a real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And at each time this week, we take on, we talk about, and we interview guests on all things real estate with a direct focus on Northumberland County and the communities within it. With me this morning to complete this series is Northumberland County's celebrity mortgage broker, Carol Ann Bryant with Dominion Lending Centers Alliance. Good morning, Carol Ann. Good morning. That's... What's that? I don't think that's a correct title, but... Celebrity mortgage broker? <clears throat> Is it because I've been on for three weeks in a row now? I don't know. You're a celebrity to me. I just... Oh, no. I look up to you. And, oh, no. <laughs> you know, good morning. Good morning. Yeah. So, in the mo- uh, those yeah. th- three questions, in the movie theater, which, which armrest is yours? Ooh, I, I don't know the answer to any of them, but I want to know the answer. Um, I'm going to say that whoever sits down first gets to pick their armrest. Is it the right? And that's proper right, etiquette. I don't know. Is it the, I don't know. Is it the right-hand one? Well, somebody, somebody's going to end up getting two, right? Because there's an outside one on each aisle. Yeah. So somebody gets two, that, and that, that's what makes it tricky. Um, but uh, it, oddly enough. Okay. You oddly know the enough, answer? Uh, no. Oh. Well, I looked up the answer. Okay. I, I, I did a Google search for which, uh, okay. which armrest is yours in a movie theater. And, right. And you wouldn't believe the amount of websites I found that try and address this. Wow. Somebody's spending a lot of time on this then. Yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, and What's the consensus? That there really is no good answer. <laughs> but really, okay. uh, so me, me, if yeah. uh, if I'm thinking about it, uh-huh. most people are right-handed. And right. so then I would think, just to cover the masses, um, the left-hand armrest should be the the armrest for that chair because you you're likely going to use, most people would be using their right hand 
for snacks picking up a, a yeah. snack or a drink. Okay. All right. That makes sense. It makes sense, but it doesn't make it correct at all, right? Okay. Yeah. So anyways, we're, we're, we're going to finish up. Oh, we're not going to answer the other questions? It's a real estate and oh, mortgage darn. finance. I mean, all the, curious now. all the little quirky questions I've been asking over the past three weeks. I wouldn't mind doing a show on a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> but but then I, I realize this is reality realty. Okay. And, uh, I mean, we can change direction, but uh, it, it could it could put some people off. Maybe that's a new radio show, Quirky Questions that Need Answering. Wow. That would be neat. And I could go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we start into our commonly asked questions and, right. and finish this series off, and, and I'm just I'm just amazed. Um, because when we started, I thought, oh, we, got, we, we have a full show out yeah. of this. Yeah. And it turned out there are so many not seldomly asked questions but commonly, commonly asked questions yeah. that we're, we're three shows into it before I we're know. done um but before we get into the, today's uh questions right let's see what's happening in the snapshot report for september let's 5 2019 and you're going to cover the mortgage rates absolutely all right well let's start off here by saying there have been 140 single family residential sales over the past month and that number is up nine sales since last week's report. It leaves us with a decreasing inventory of 511 residential listings for sale. The average selling price of successful sales over the past year is down again for the third week in a row by $1,000 each week, and it is down to $437,000. During the past year, People have received, on average, approximately 98% of their list price in a market time of 47 days. And we are still in the seller's market with an absorption rate at approximately 27% based on the past month's sales trend. And that means we have a residential home inventory that can satisfy approximately 3.7 months of sales at the rate homes have been selling. And I researched these Northumberland County statistics and calculate the absorption rate using information from CoreLogic's matrix system, and that is the local realtor component of the MLS system you're, look, you're used to seeing on realtor.ca. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home, you're gonna wanna talk to your realtor, and they can get these kind of statistics that are more precise to the type of home you're looking at, price band it's in, and uh, the exact community you are looking at. Mortgage rates today. Yes, uh, they remain unchanged. You can get a five-year fixed as low as 2.59%, five-year variable at a discount of prime minus 1.1. Prime remains at uh, 3.59%. Eight nine percent and uh, sorry three point nine five percent. So we're looking at two point eight five. Yeah. So the Bank of Canada had an announcement, a rate announcement the other day, and they did not change the overnight lending rate, which affects how banks set their prime lending rate. So that's good news for people that have a variable rate mortgage. Mm -hmm. Their payments will not be changing. So they didn't change the rates. Was there talk leading up uh, to that that they would? 
Uh, no, there hasn't been talk like okay. that. It, it, there, it, <coughs> it's been kind of like leading in the direction that there will be no change. Yeah. So, so Very that good. was exactly what S- happened. Slow and sure wins the race. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, things like that. It's nice if things are steady. I think. Well, folks, that is your current snapshot of the residential real estate market and events. And we had no events to announce, but market and events in Northumberland County. And I'd just like to remind everybody that the views and opinions expressed on Reality Realty are simply the views and opinions of of us. And Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the station, of the Northumberland County Association of Realtors, of any other realtor or any other real estate brokerage just our views and opinions at this time so two weeks of pretty pretty interesting questions i mean these are questions that we're getting asked a lot so people either just don't know or they're uh or they have an idea but they they would like validation yeah clarification clarification validation and no wonder because i mean a realtor is living and breathing this job day in day out and a mortgage mm-hmm. agent or a mortgage broker is living and breathing yeah that work day in day it's out just so common to us and yeah we we're very used to them but if you're if you're living in a place and you're staying there for five seven years plus how are you supposed to keep up on well, all things this? change too if you bought a house 20 years ago and now you're oh. like everything changes so so much you can't Unless you're someone who frequently moves. Yeah. And even. going to have questions. Well, okay, but even what's a frequent move? Well, every two to three years, like there's people for job purposes that have to move frequently. They okay. should They should understand the process a little bit better is what I'm saying. So, so then, then my response to that is you take a realtor who does it who does a transaction every two to three years okay fair enough is that a realtor who's up on the business no no No. so if you're doing if you're doing a move every two three years yeah you're moving a lot and yes you're a little more familiar but are you really up on real estate okay i stand corrected in your orthopedic shoes oh dear you know i love that line right (laughs) all right so (laughs) So who's going to... Are you doing the first question or am I? Who do you want to do the first question? You go ahead. Okay. A question that I get asked... Yes. ...all the time is, why are they selling? Now, when... Oh, okay. So you're working with a buyer... And they want to know why is the person listing their house. Yeah. Got it. They, they, because... Sure. I mean, I used to ask this before we were in real estate... Um, and we would move, I would ask that question. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I thought I would hear. If, if I would hear something, no, some noble reason and, and feel a warm fuzzy about, you know, that place or, or if, or if the seller or the seller's realtor was just going to voluntarily give me some, Truth? <laughs> some bad, some bad news about the house. And then I could make my decision based on that. Like they can't stand the neighbors. <laughs> Well, I- I- exactly. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. So when you ask that question, so you're asking, you're asking your your uh, the realtor you're working with, 
you're a buyer, you're asking the realtor you're working with about the house that they don't have listed and, and why are they selling? I mean, that realtor can go ahead and ask the, the listing realtor. Sure. But let's just think of this. If, uh, if somebody moved into a home and they, it was too noisy, maybe road noise, maybe they were just too close to the 401, mm-hmm. whether they're in town in the Coburg side or if they're um, in Hamilton Township on the north side of the 401, but they just hear that 401 too much. They thought it'd be okay. And, you know, a year, two years, three years later, they just say enough. Right. Let's move. And and so they're going to move, and they're going to either, maybe they're rural people, and they're going to move a little further north, or they're going to come into town more, closer to the core, further away from the 401. Okay. So if they're moving away from the road noise, is is that potential buyer going to get the reason being that they want to move um, into town, more into the center of town, or are they going to get the the fact that they they're uh, trying to get away from the 401 noise? And and if the people are rural people, is that potential buyer going to get the answer? Oh. They're looking to move um, more rurally, further out of town. Or are they going to get the answer? Well, they just, they're too close to the 401. They right. want to get more rural. To I mean, so, you know, and, and, and it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a lie to be told they want to move more into the center of town. Because they're not obligated. The seller is not obligated to state the reason why they're moving. Is this correct? Yeah, and, and I touched on this in uh, in a few weeks ago. Um, we were we were talking about stigma, and and what has to be revealed and right. what has to be revealed. And every every personal preference and life situation of a homeowner doesn't have to be revealed. Just if there's a stigma. I mean, there's no no no. Oh. There's oh, there's sorry. latent and there's a patent right. defects and and. Uh, and a uh, a latent defect definitely has to be revealed, but there there's shades of gray there. So, so, so I think we bu- can surmise that you can ask that question as a buyer, can, but, but then you're not likely going to get well. You the can't 100% even say that. truth. Yeah, you, you got to filter it. You got to filter everything. I mean, I I wouldn't even if we're buying another home. I'm not even asking that question. I don't even want to filter all that information. You're kind of better off to go and hang out around that house and kind of like at different times of the day, maybe. I think we talked about this too and just like see what's happening in the neighborhood. Check the sales history in the neighborhood. Check the sales history of that home. Who would like to say hello. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You exactly. can learn a lot from neighbors. Do your due diligence, but yeah. don't don't hang your hat on asking that seller sure. why they're selling. Sure. And and that I'm not I, I'm not saying people are dishonest, but they do want to sell their home. And and they you're do. likely you're likely going to hear the best twist. Of course. Uh, of the truth. Of course. Yeah. Got it. All right. What do you got for us? Um, that was that was like that was a sti- sort of a, a tread careful question. Okay. Which which a lot of them are. Well, mine aren't really tread careful questions. I don't think. No. Um, how about I get I get this question uh, very commonly. What's better, a fixed or a variable rate mortgage? 
That's like a, a very common question I get asked. My, and? Yes, and my response to that question is, um, are you a risk taker? Because if you are someone who doesn't like to be surprised, like we had the rate announcement this week, would you have been on pins and needles worrying whether your mortgage payment was going to go up or not? If you're that kind of person, then you absolutely should take a fixed rate mortgage. There's other variables involved too. So for instance, right now the spread between the fixed and the variable rate is not huge. There is a spread, mm -hmm. you know, 2.59 to 2.89. <coughs> There's a spread there. So people that take the fixed rate would be saving a little bit of money right now. Um, historically, though, so if you if you are a risk taker, if it's not going to bother you if over the course of your five-year term or whatever your term is that your payment is going to fluctuate, then go with the variable because historically people that do that will pay thousands of dollars less interest. Over the life of their mortgage. Over the life of them taking to pay off their mortgage. Yes, they will. It has been proven historically that that will happen. That will be the case. Now, however, um, these, other, these other components kind of lead into another question that I have in a way, mm -hmm. which is, I guess, how can I pay my mortgage down faster? So, so another strategy, it, if you're thinking between fixed and variable, if you don't want to take the risk about the, with the variable, then you can take advantage of your prepayment privileges with your fixed rate mortgage and just start putting <coughs> lump sum payments down over the course of the five years. And that, and that will, you know, in turn, save you thousands of dollars of interest. If, if you were looking at a scenario where the fixed and the variable were very close, like say the variable was 2.69 and the fixed is 2.59, or vice versa. If the variable's lower and the fixed is higher, but you just don't want to take that variable rate, then use your um, prepayment, pre sorry, prepayment privileges, or instead of doing a monthly payment, if you can, depending on how you're paid, go with an accelerated payment. And then you're going to sort of almost get the same kind of effect of having a lower interest rate. So it kind of answered two questions mm -hmm. there in or, a row. Or how about just reduce your amortization? Yeah, that's uh, that's another way to pay Be down your mortgage faster. And, and when I say amortization, what am I saying there? So when you take your five-year term, you're going to stretch that loan out over 25 years um, or less. And 25 or years being the amortization the, period. Yeah, that's the amortization period, which is the highest you can do if you have uh, less than 20% for down payment. If you have more than 20% for down payment, you can stretch it out over 30 years. Um, but you can choose, like people just think they have to do 25. Well, you could do 20. You could do 22. You could do 17. Um, you, you're, not, you're not locked into that 25-year amortization. You're locked into the term, a five-year term, mm -hmm. but the amortization, um, you can also change your amortization at the end of your term. So that would be another thing to do. If you're a first-time home buyer, you're not sure how your budget's going to go at the end of the five-year term, you could take a look and say, hey, we could actually pay this much for our mortgage payment. How can we achieve that? Well, we could lower our amortization, and that will um, be a tool to pay your mortgage off faster. So number number of ways you can pay your mortgage off quicker. 
Yes, increasing your, um, sorry, it, I'm not thinking today. This is not good. <laughs> Lump sum payments, accelerated payments, reducing your amortization. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, and then and then we started off with fixed versus variable. Yeah, so, so that that that's like um that's like a personal preference in a way. Like so, if mm-hmm. you're if you're not a risk taker, go with the fixed. Uh, reduce your amortization if you can. Take advantage of your prepayment privileges if you have a mortgage where you can double up your payment on any given payment date. Do that. You have an mm-hmm. extra hundred dollars in a month. Throw it off on your mortgage. All right. Well, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break and we'll continue to finish up the most commonly asked questions in real estate and mortgage financing. Welcome back. This is Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And my co-host this morning is Carol Ann Bryant, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Centers Alliance, and we're doing we're doing most commonly asked uh, questions in real mm-hmm. estate mortgage financing, and and it's your turn. And it's my I answered turn. two in one. Well, over the break, you came up with a question, and uh, for well, you, yeah. Why don't you give me that question? Yes, the question because it, it is a it is a real question yeah. that yep. I'm asked. The question is. Um, you have a, a seller who calls you up and says, I would like to talk to the buyer mm-hmm. of my, the, there's an offering on the home, right? Um, I ha- I'd like to tell the buyer some things about, about the house, how this works, how that works. And so can you um, arrange for me to speak with the buyer? Yeah. And your thoughts on that? Yeah. And question? So yeah, it's a, it's like a, it's a question. It's a, a proposed, you know, um, thought, uh, and and what I would say to that is because it it could happen for that because uh, the seller the seller knows a lot about the home. They've lived yep. in the home. They've implemented different they things into friendly. the home. They they just want to be nice. Yeah. And 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 uh, because they want to see this home be a success for the next people, just like it was a success for them. Sure. Um, and so they want they want uh me the realtors to set up a meeting where they can speak and now the other thing is um, it can happen too if if that seller has some uh, things for sale that they figure might that work with the property maybe it's acreage and there's some equipment that Mm -hmm. help you maintain the acreage or whatever it might be and so what I would say generally speaking bad idea Um, just to just do not do not share your contact information. There's a reason that realtors exist, mm-hmm. um, and 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 why they broker deals right. because sometimes people have things to say, and they are unfiltered, and people can take offense, and and I mean from both ways. Sure. And and the other and and now all of a sudden, you know. You can you can start to, and then if you upset somebody, then who knows? Maybe all of a sudden now they don't like you, and and even though they're in a firm and binding deal, what kind of thoughts are going through their mind, or or if the seller is upset with the buyer, you know that that 
you want that seller leaving everything in in the best possible shape you don't want hard feelings and and then after the fact if you've shared your contact information you've shared a an email address or a phone number because you're just trying to be very nice as yeah. a seller um the next thing you know i mean nothing lasts forever uh i think back to a a, a saying never never sell a used car to a friend or family because it could be working perfectly for you and mm -hmm. and then the day they buy it it could break down and and a part go you know go wonky and same thing applies to a house and so do you do you really want because we don't know if the buyer is going to be reasonable and and just say you know what this is my house now i handle it or if the buyer is going to say oh i'll just phone and talk to the seller and we'll get this straightened away and and then maybe something has failed and now that buyer is thinking hmm did it just fail did or or did yeah. or did you not tell me about something? So potential and, and for lawsuits, perhaps. If and now you got each other talking directly to yeah. one another, I just think and and it, not just me, but it's it's basically uh, an industry best practice is have the realtors communicate. Yep. The Even if there's something to sell, I mean that's not really your I job, but here's a list of things I want to sell. Would you pass this on to the buyers? Yeah, uh, realtor. Yeah. Use use the realtors, and then it, and then if it gets if it gets um, a little uglier, a little more involved, then then use lawyers. Right. So that's my okay. that's my quick uh, answer to that one. All right. And um, yeah, because people think they're doing the right thing and they're being decent yeah. people, and sometimes it can turn around and bite them. You know what? More than sometimes. Yeah. There's a lot of people who have shared their contact information, a lot of sellers, and they're, yeah, reg they're regretful afterwards. Sure. More often than maybe what you think. And, and maybe the buyer isn't being that bad. Maybe they're just inquiring about really legitimate things. But the, the seller, you know, gets to a point and said, enough already. Enough, yeah. 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 Enough. All right. So... Do you got one for us? I do. Um, here's a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody has an offering on a house and they call up to get financing and they say, oh, by the way, I've just started a new job. Will that be a problem? Well, maybe it will and maybe it won't. Okay. What's the diff? It's going to be a problem if you have worked full-time in an industry and then you switch to a completely different industry so something you've never done before you've decided you want to do a career change well that's great but the lenders don't <laughs> they don't like that because you don't have a proven history in that field of work so you you may make it and you may not exactly um, well, but what if the new position is uh, a pay increase? You make you're making more money in a different field. It, it's possible that that wouldn't be a problem. It's it's not ideal. I mean, it's better if it's within the same field. If you've started a new job, but but it's within the same field and you've changed companies. Mm -hmm. That's more favorable in the eyes of the lenders, especially if you change because you are getting a 
position, like you're going up the ladder. Yeah. But if you've completely changed careers, yeah, there, there's not a, a track record for you. I'm not saying you wouldn't get approved. It's just not, it's not ideal. The other thing is if you've changed and you're on probation with that employer. Mm-hmm. Um, most lenders require you to be off probation in order to get the financing. So if you're two months into a three-month probationary period and the house isn't closing for another three months and your and your probationary period is going to be over, that will be okay. However, the lender doesn't know whether at the end of that probationary period you're going to be offered the job. So you are taking a risk um, mm-hmm. if you waive your condition of financing um, even though the lender says, okay, you're going to be off probation by the time the house closes, you are taking a bit of a risk there. Um, what else do I want to say about that? I think that kind of covers it. So mm-hmm. probation, if it's a completely different field. Um, obviously, if you got pre-approved in one position and then when it comes to needing an approval, it's a completely different per- position or there's been a pay cut like you start off with a it's the same field but you're going to go down and pay a little bit but there's you know there's chance for advancement in the company that little bit of a pay cut could completely change your pre-approval now maybe you don't approve for that same loan amount so Mm -hmm. so it is important to try not to make career changes it is especially important after you've been approved that you do not quit your job (laughs) or change positions until after you have those keys in your hand or for the get, house. Or get a loan or buy something on credit. Yes. Like you, you don't want to change well, anything. No, because there is a clause in your commitment letter, which maybe, you know, your your uh, person you're dealing with hopefully has gone over. If there's any material change to your circumstances, the lender can um, choose to not fund the mortgage on closing. So keep things everything the, the same. same. Keep things constant. I mean, if you're going up and pay, that's great. Mm-hmm. If that happens, good. Uh, providing you're not changing. If you're paying debt down, perfect. Providing but you're not changing employer and on probation and exactly. changing industry. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I get asked this question. How much? Um, no. How fast will this sell? I get asked this by sellers. Oh yeah. I get asked this by buyers. Uh, sellers are wanting to ask because they're they're trying to figure out. We're putting it up for sale. How fast will my house sell? And um, and the buyers sometimes they want to know because they want to know how how fast do I need to act on this property? And mm-hmm. and and that's a loaded question. That's a loaded question. I love I love stats. I do the stats for the show every week. I do. Right. S- I do stats for my business every week. And then when I work with a client, I do stats, new stats for their property and their property alone. And, uh, but stats are stats. I mean, we're, we're, I'm taking averages. So there's highs, there's lows. Um, if, you're, if you're a buyer and you're, you're trying to figure out how much time do I have maybe to do my own dil- due diligence or there's something here I want to accomplish, but do I need to get in there r- really fast? And maybe we're even looking and, and we're saying, wow, that, that place has been for sale now for 80 days, over two months. Okay. And uh, you, might, you might feel very confident that y- you have another week or a few days to uh, check on this and this. And... And the stats might all be reflecting that, but 
But the reality is you, you could, if, if me as a realtor says, oh yeah, you've got plenty of time. And we, we don't have any idea if some realtor somewhere locally or out of town is at that very same moment writing an offer for their client. Right. And, and so, you know what, we can give you um, what we expect may or may not happen yeah. depending on stats. But we just don't know. We don't have a crystal ball. Anybody that tells you, oh, this will sell within. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to go, hmm. Uh, and then as a seller, you know, uh, yeah, a market a market evaluation. Tip, I, I'll, I won't give a price. I'll give a window. Because you just can't nail it to an exact dollar. And, and so did you list at the top of that window? Did you list at the bottom of that window? Mm-hmm. Are you in the month of December, January, February? Mm-hmm. Or are you in the spring market of, you know, April, May? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so many factors are involved. So, yes, I love stats. I And I keep doing them and I take the time each week well, to do them. There's value in them. There's a ton of value. But when you get asked a question like that, a loaded question, how fast will this sell? EGADS. I can tell you what what has happened. Yeah. Can't tell you what will happen. Well, um, so much. And I think also I've seen this happen with you before too. There's been a property that's been sitting on the market for a long time, and you have buyers, and you've taken them to see it, and they like, oh, we've got some time because it's been on the market for a long time. And then almost like Murphy's Law, as soon as one person is interested in that property, all of a sudden, boom, 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 that realtor, that listing realtor is calling up and saying, hey, we've got another person looks like maybe an offer is going to go in and your people are going, what just happened? Yeah. And and everybody's feeling very suspicious. Uh, And they'll even say, I'm... There's funny business going on here. Yeah. I'm I'm very suspicious. Yeah. They didn't have an offer for this long, and you're telling me I'm yeah. putting an offer in now, and they're and now we're competing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you would yeah, be suspicious, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I'm 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 here to say it legitimately happens, mm-hmm. and 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 it's surprising how often that happens. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? And here's another one I want to do right okay. here because I I think I got a few more questions left than than you do um how much should we offer so you have a buyer Mm -hmm. and they're looking at a house and 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 they say dale how much should we offer here well there's a few things you gotta figure out Mm -hmm. and and that is you gotta establish what the, the home is really worth right because just because they priced it at that it could be priced correctly or it could be it could be underpriced trying to drum up business or it could be overpriced uh, that they're just reaching for the stars a bit too much mm-hmm. so you got to establish the price it's worth then you got to think about the expectation of the seller too and uh and and part of that is how long has it been on the market because if it's just brand new on the market they're feeling fairly invincible if they get an offer in quick they figure you know what you better be very close to our ask our, 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 our list price yeah uh, otherwise, we already see how fast we got an offer. We'll get another one, which isn't always the case, yeah. but may happen. So, you know, judge the expectations of of the seller. Keep that in mind. And, uh, and then I would say, how important is this home to you? Because can you walk away from this? Can you say, um, you know what? Pay no more than this. And 
and uh, and after that I can walk away from it if they mm-hmm. don't if they don't meet me where I need to be, uh, or or do you need that home? Do, have you just fallen in love with it and it's just so important because how much should you offer? People's feelings get hurt, <laughs> especially in residential real estate. Yeah, personal homes. Yeah, it's a little different than commercial. You do not want to come in and insult them. Right. Because you may not get the price that somebody else could get that hasn't insulted them. That might just end the transaction right there. If you've insulted them, you might be thinking, oh, we'll go in low and they'll counter. But if you've insulted them, they might go, no, I don't care. This person's not even going to get this house if they pay, come up to that, the list price now seen her been involved in yeah. that conversation because it's a hard several it, it's, times. it's not just although it is a business transaction it is such an emotional um there's such an emotional component to it yeah. with residential on, on both sides the buyer and the seller the heart gets involved and then it's kind of hard to just think logically at times yeah but if you're an investment person and you're buying to flip, yeah, or you, can take you, it or leave you know it. what you you know, um, and we had an excellent series uh, with Aaron Farrell uh, about uh, investment flips, and yeah. you know one of the one of the key points of uh, of good being a good investment uh, flipper is not to get caught up emotionally. Right, you need to know your numbers, yeah. and but. It's a different story when it's for yourself and you're going to live there and you're going to put memories there. And you've seen, I think you've seen cases where people just get, get their backs up over like a thousand or $2,000, which when you're looking at a transaction that is maybe four or $500,000, people will, people will stick to their guns over a thousand dollars. Even at eight, eight, nine hundred thousand. Yeah. A thousand dollars can make the difference. But, but to them, I mean, you're looking at the very last step, that last thousand or two, but to them, maybe already in their minds, they've compromised on their list or, or the negotiations already, they've compromised X number of dollars. And, and that, that last thousand or 2000 is like the the last straw. (laughs) Yeah. So, that, okay. Uh, that's where that is. So do you have a, you know what? Why don't we take a break? Take a break. And we'll take a break and we'll come back with your next question. Uh, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM local real estate talk. Join us after this break and we will continue and wrap up our three-part series on most commonly asked questions in mortgage financing and real estate. Welcome back. This is your local real estate forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM Reality Realty with Dale Bryant and my co-host this morning, Carol Ann Bryant, mortgage broker. And Carol Ann, we were, we've been doing uh, a three-part series on most commonly asked questions in real estate and mortgage financing. Right. And we're just wrapping up. And you know what? We're not going to get all the questions, but uh, I think three-part series is, is plenty. And uh, we don't have to. Yeah. Uh, you know what? If people have other questions, they can contact uh, contact us and uh, we'd be happy to uh, to help you with your questions. And yeah. so, Carol Ann. Oh, I wonder if I could do a shout out. A shout out. Go and do shout a shout out. out. Shout out to your brother who has a birthday coming up really soon. Yeah. And I'd just like to say happy birthday, Wayne. Alligator. 
Happy birthday, Wayne Alligator. Yeah, he'll know what that means. Wow. So, um, we, we got, we got, do we have an alligator theme going on here? No, he knows what it means. Okay. It's a little inside joke. A little inside joke. All right. Um, question for you, Carol Ann. Yes. Is, uh, should I have the property taxes included with my mortgage payment? You get that question yeah. asked yeah. all the time? Yeah, or how how will my property taxes be paid? Yeah. That kind of there's and a if they don't ask, that. you're likely bringing it up yourself. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's two ways your property taxes can be paid. It can be paid uh, through the lender, so it'll be added to your mortgage payment. They'll take the taxes and divide it by twelve and add it to your mortgage payment if you're doing it every month. Um, or you can pay them yourself. Now, again, this goes back to what kind of a person are you? Are you a person who's good at budgeting? Um, are you, or are you a person who really doesn't want to worry about that? Uh, if you're someone who just doesn't want to worry about it, it's maybe easier to have it included with your mortgage payment. The problem with that potentially is that um, you need to build up money in that tax account with the lender. So if you purchase your home and um, in the next couple of weeks or even the next couple of months, the tax installment is due, you won't have any money. You won't have enough money built up in that tax account. And the lender's not going to pay, put their own money out to cover that tax installment. So you will have to pay that first tax installment. So you will be paying a component with your mortgage payment, and then you'll also will have to cover that first installment. Or on the closing date, maybe it's like the very next day the tax installment is due or something, and then that'll become part of your closing costs that you have to pay that tax portion. So this is really something you need to look into. Um, you can uh, find out from your realtor when are the tax installments um, due. You can check with your lawyer and find out, am I going to have to come up with a lump sum on closing because the lawyer has to confirm what the property taxes are uh, to the lender. Um, if you can pay them on your own, I say that's better because you're in control of your money. You're not building up this tax account. You're not prepaying in advance and having that money sit there. Uh, most townships will allow you to do pre-authorized debit and it'll come out of your account every month. So it's something to give some thought to. You don't want to just mm -hmm. say, whatever, I'll have it paid with my mortgage payment. All right. Um, question. Yeah. I'm about to write up an offer with people and they will ask, um, what, what conditions do I need? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, on a house. And, and so realtors, we, we work on a system. We don't all work on the same offer system. There's several big offer systems we could work on and they're all good. Um, it's a personal preference, but, uh, they'll have a library of clauses, conditions that we can cut and paste, that we can modify and edit. And so there are, are just so many, but the, the ones that are most common, a condition of financing, a home inspection condition, mm -hmm. lawyer approval, mm -hmm. to have your lawyer review it, make sure it's um, 
uh, acceptable uh, by the lawyer. Insurance condition, insurance condition especially, and, and a lawyer approval especially if it's uh, maybe a, an estate sale. Um, you know, you might want lawyer approval because there's going to be uh, several people interested in how this turns out. And and uh, insurance, it maybe it was built in the 70s. Maybe it has uh, a, a aluminum wiring or it has a wood-burning appliance in it or it's a century home that mm-hmm. may or may not have some old wiring in it. So insurance conditions, if you're rural, you'll want a, a well and septic condition. And, uh, and, and, and next week we have lined up uh, a show and we're, we're going to be talking about wells. So Mm -hmm. good show to tune into next week. Um, how about if it's a condo you're purchasing? Condo, you're, you're going to want a status certificate. Mm -hmm. You're going to want your lawyer to review and you to review. Um, the lawyer is more used to looking at these, uh, big documents, but they're going to want to check out the financial health of the condo corporation uh, you're going to want to see the rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a number of things that uh, mm-hmm. that are t- tells in a status certificate. Um, sometimes, if you want to use a property for something it's not being used for at the present time, you want a, a due diligence clause that you okay. just you have a chance to make sure you can use the property in the way that you are hoping to use the property. Um, due diligence is just like a broad clause that could cover a lot of things. Yeah, it's a little bit of an umbrella clause that if if there's a, a number of things that you need to determine, you maybe need to talk to a township, you maybe need to talk to a conservation authority, maybe some different contractors. Like a due diligence is, is a, a good umbrella clause to uh, give you some ability, uh, leeway to to do your uh, checks. But those are the basics. Okay. Those are the ones we see most often, um, unless, of course, it's, it's something very specific um, uh, beyond in that. And, and then I, I would just follow up with another question that I get asked is, it was a person wants to put in an offer, and there's already an accepted conditional offer on that home. Okay. So I'm often asked, uh, can we still put in an offer? Because they wonder, is, is, is this house still open for our offer? Yeah, you just told me that there's a condi- an accepted conditional offer. Well, the answer to that is, uh, the, an- the answer to that is yes, period. Um, you can't put in an offer. If if the condition is a long condition in time, like it'll take a while for that condition to be fulfilled, maybe it's going to be three, four weeks or more, mm-hmm. then typically you'll you'll find an escape clause in that agreement. And that gives the seller an opportunity to continue to try and sell the place. And, and the, the first buyer will have so many hours, could be 24, 48, 72 hours, to either, if they receive notice that there's a second offer come in, it'll give them that many hours to firm up or walk away. Okay. So then that's that's a, a very obvious yes, you can because it's conditional and there's an escape clause. Now, if you don't have an escape clause, so the, the offer that's in on that property already does not have an escape clause, 
you could still put one in, but you, you need to make sure your offer says it's conditional upon the seller um, being released from a previous offer. So you're basically saying maybe it's 10 business days, that uh, conditional offer. And you're, you're basically saying then, I want my offer to be in the queue here. Sure. And, and in 10 business days, if they don't, if they don't agree or they choose not to extend the condition time, then I want there to be an opportunity for them to know, here's my offer, here's what it looks like, and you know you could accept this one. Um, one of the drawbacks to that is you're waiting for whatever, five, seven, 10 business days for that offer that doesn't have an escape clause. You're basically tying yourself up there. If another good property comes up, is you listed. Yeah, you can't act on you're it. Yeah, you can't really act on that because you're 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 sort of tied up to this maybe this right. maybe offer. So, so yes, you can, but is it worth it? Um, and what kind of condition is it? You know, is it a is it a home inspection condition on a home that looks like it's five years old and in immaculate shape? Yeah. Then don't. Don't get too attached to that one right. because it's likely going to get through that home inspection uh, well. Okay. All right. You had a question about uh, maternity leave. What was that question? Yeah, so this kind of ties into the other question about, about your job. So sometimes uh, people will get a pre-approval and then, you know, they're finding a house and nothing happens they haven't found anything so they just go on with life and then then one of the persons is on mat leave and they think it's okay still like it's like oh yeah everything's fine Mm -hmm. um again there are some lenders who will um be you can use a hundred percent of what your income was before you were on mat leave, uh, provided that you are going to be returning, to, you need to provide a letter saying that you are returning to work. So you're going to have to provide a letter of employment saying that you're returning to work and what your return to work date is. And it, and um, then there's some lenders that will only use a portion of that maternity leave income. So that could throw off your approval. Um, so it's just good like it goes back to that is there going to be any material changes so if you've received a pre-approval and you think you're good to go mm-hmm. and something changes in your life it's really good just to to double check with your bank or your mortgage broker and just say hey this is happening and and uh if you're on mm-hmm. mat leave and you have no intention of going back to work then that's going to make a difference because now you're only going to be able to get approved on the other person's income. Right. All right. A, a question I always get in condos because you you mentioned on the last question about uh, if you're buying a condo, common common uh, condition, and that's status certificate. But also in condos, people will often say, "Are pets allowed?" Sure. And if so, are there any restrictions? And so that's mm-hmm. a great condo question. It's a reason you want to see a recent copy of the rules and regulations um maybe the seller will have that 
available for you before you actually do a review of a okay. status certificate. But uh, yeah, condos can have a, a lot of different rules. Uh, I, I spoke to somebody recently. They had bought a condo in a, in a totally different community. Okay. And they had bought it thinking they would live in it for a few months a year and rent it out for the rest of the time. And they were sort of in a rush. They they bought okay. it quickly. And when, once they were owners, they realized this condo corporation didn't allow rentals at all. Oh. So they they bought it for a certain purpose and found out, yeah, they can live in it for two or three months, but you can't, rent, can't rent it out, can't rent it out the rest of the time. So, okay. so, yeah, finding out rules, condo rules. And last thing... Okay. Last thing I just want to mention that I get asked a lot is a, a, buy, a seller will say, you know, my house, the buyer of this is likely going to come from Toronto. How are you marketing in Toronto? And first of all, you know, um, some some people get that idea that the buyer for their house is Toronto only, GTA. Um, and And quite often... You know, it's not the case. Yes, we get a lot of people coming from that way, but there's a lot of people right in our community mm -hmm. who are looking for something different. Uh, you got to market to everybody, and and it's a simple mark. It's a simple marketing answer, and that is, if it's on Realtor.ca, it's a it's available for buyers around the world. I mean, you can be on the other side of the world and and look at Realtor.ca and see it. And that's the number one way people find it is on Realtor. the internet. Yeah. On the internet, and 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 then I would say number two for marketing is through a realtor, and that's why it's important that your listing would get on the Toronto Real Estate Board. And then not only does the general public see it, but the actual realtors in in, in the GTA yep. are going to see it. Okay, Caroline, great series. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. People want to get in touch with you uh, to get a mortgage or for mm -hmm. mortgage questions. How, how do they do that? Uh, my cell phone number is 289-251-2948. You can call or text me. And if you have any questions or comments about today's show or for any real estate questions, feel free to contact me as well by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And don't forget to join me next Thursday from 11 a.m. until 12 noon for Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, truly local radio. Until next week, folks.